I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone. It's time for... The Connor and Smith Show! Thank you, places. Okay, today... First, you had a little tickle. I think there was a little froggy in my throat. Oh, no. <clears throat> I'm doing a lot of research about animals lately, and I think maybe one of them um, sort of leapt into my throat. Anyway, um, we have a brand new microphone. Hello, Blue. This is the Snowball Blue Ice microphone. It's vintage looking. We love it. Um, it's uh, This is the first time just hearing this, the intro to the podcast new microphone so hopefully and we can't hear it we're, yeah we, we don't know what it sounds like we, we hope know what it sounds, it sounds good. like but on the front of it it says blue and it's black which is weird but anyway it's it's beautifully architected uh architecture design it was a birthday gift from matthew to me so thank you for this i hope it it is uh better sound quality for all you listeners um today we have set designer adam coke here with us and we're going to talk about all of his brilliant design work and also his tiktok and instagram that is through the roof with followers called uh dollhouse therapy so we'll check that out um we're going to take a break and then we'll be right back with adam cope Glad to be here. Hi, Adam. I'm sitting here with Matt. Hello, Adam. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad it's the two of you. What's going on? Where are you? Well, right now I'm sitting in uh, my parents' beautiful house in Ohio. Oh, uh, nice. Looking out the windows, and I just filled up the bird feeder, and there's about like a thousand birds going crazy right now. Um, Today is Stephen's birthday, so we just came back from a little pool party. Oh, my! Oh, you didn't have to do this today. Oh, you know, Stephen wants to celebrate his birthday by doing all things. Oh creative. no, that you are you guys in a bad mood? No, no. <laughs> and champagne. No, we're in a good mood. Okay, good. Oh my gosh! Well, happy birthday! That's amazing. No, he was being very correct. I like to spend my birthday being productive. So you know. Oh, a hundred percent. No, I get you. Yeah, and now he'll be like, you know, Adam came in on my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very special day. I, I, I didn't want to maleficent the situation. <laughs> so, Adam, are you just visiting Ohio? Is that where you've been during pandemic? Well, a little of both. I mean, this past year has been very transitional, or at least not so. Um, I mean, it's been, I've been a little all over the place. Essentially, the good news is is that projects are starting up again. And so I'm kind of like halfway in between New York and where I just was, which is in St. George, Utah for Beauty and the Beast. Um, but my family's based here and I'm, I, I help my mom with our family businesses as well. So I'm just kind of like, you know, checking in. Are you a native Ohioan? Yeah, I'm from Ohio, Dayton, Ohio. Oh, nice. No, yeah. it's, it's essentially the, well, I think of it as the, the the town from Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> okay, sweet apple. If, if you're picturing is, it, is that where it was yeah. filmed? <laughs> no, it just is. It, 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 it looks. It's based. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, in my New York 
view of the world, like that famous New Yorker poster, it's like Ohio's like bye bye birdie town. Right. Without <laughs> without Kudish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we're not gonna talk about this yet, but I just want you to be prepared that at some point during this conversation we're gonna figure out how to afford one of those miniature dollhouses and somehow create a uh, a, sh- a video shot is that a word i don't know you're making things up um a video gonna, yeah yeah i'm going i'm with you we're, we're gonna we're gonna film a maybe some sort of mini musical or musicals and maybe uh a designed adam dollhouse that we can see if we can enter the 20 22 year with a brand new idea well you know th- we don't have to talk about this on air but i'm dying i'm waiting to have the st- or the the stage be set so to speak for like a a live video feed from inside the dollhouse that's projected for a doll's house part two or something mm. like you could just have like a bare stage and like folding chairs and then like you know like the video like the you know the backdrops or whatever are like are live feeded from inside or something <laughs> like that. But no, I believe me, I'm, I'm looking to get them involved somehow. That's a really cool idea. Or a new musical, <laughs> whatever you want to write. Um, yeah, it it's so so for those not in the know. Um, Adam also has uh. Everyone listening is in the know. Okay, well maybe not. <laughs> Um, a TikTok page. It's called Dollhouse Therapy. Am I correct in the name? That's right. Instagram as well. Okay. Can you speak a little to that and how that came to be? Yeah, of course. Well, look, um, I mean, there's kind of a two-pronged um, discussion here. One being, a, I mean, a natural childhood interest from very early on and that I remember my mom and dad took me to, I, I don't know if, I, if you've ever been to the Chicago Museum of Art or Art Museum of Chicago or Art Institute of Chicago. And down in the basement, there's a, a permanent ex- ex- exhibition called the Thorn Rooms, which are all these like miniature historical rooms like set into the wall that you go up and like peer into through a little window. And I, I was in love with those as a kid because they are essentially little sets, you know, little worlds that with the fourth wall chopped off. And... Uh, just the well, just the mystery and the fun of them, and I always loved like historical architecture as a kid, et cetera, et cetera. And so all of that kind of blended together into a set design profession, which I think makes a lot of sense. Also, love puppets and all that kind of things, but set design is where that all kind of uh, plinkoed out to as far as vocation. But in the back of my mind, I've always loved old dioramas and models and train sets and all that kind of thing. But being a working professional, I never have really <laughs> had space or time to do anything like that. And then, you know, a year and a half ago, along with everyone else in the world, all my work stopped suddenly. And I had the, I had the, for the first time in, you know, a decade, the idea, I mean, the, the feeling of like, okay, what should I do today? Because, you know, when you're, in the freelance world, your time is mostly spoken of, I mean, spoken for even all night long. You're like on call, like a doctor, I always feel. Um, but so, but this past year, I actually had the time to like sit back and be like, what are, what are the things I've never done that I always wanted to do? And the first thing that came to mind, I guess, other than like read a bunch of books that had been piling up is I always wanted a big, like amazing dollhouse as a kid with the lights and everything, you know, with everything. And I had, you know, some toys and stuff along the way, but nothing like, 
substantial. Oh, by the way, have you seen at another museum in Chicago? What is that? The uh, the Natural History Museum or something? No, what? Oh, the Aaron. What is that called? The other special museum in Chicago. I'll, I'll, you have to look up what that is. The um, there's the Colleen Moore's Fairy Tale Castle Dollhouse, which is another huge. I mean, this is actually, actually like a full scale model of this incredible like fairy tale castle, and each room is a different Grimm's fairy tale. And that was something else I remember seeing as a kid that I went crazy for. Um. Anyway, but this past, but so during the uh, pandemic, I ordered a kit off eBay and just started building it, and then just out of interest, started um, what do you call it? just kind of charting the progress with photos with no real intention. And then <laughs> first I had the instinct. I wanted to keep people updated about like how the progress was going. Not that anyone cared at the moment, but I didn't want to like clutter up my, you know, design Instagram page. And so I just made another account, Dollhouse Therapy on, on Instagram and just started charting the process. And what do you know, a lot of people were interested. And then it turns out this, there's this whole other world of miniaturists and dollhouse makers and all these things, you know, people all over the world that love this kind of thing. Um, and I, had, and I was one of them. I just didn't know it. Um, and so now that's anyway, so that's, that's that. And Adam, when you do this dollhouse stuff, it's, it's the same sort of window you do when a director or a theater says, can you please create a model of your design for kiss the spider woman and your idea, and it's sort of scaled down. Oh, Kiss of the Spider Woman, very good. Um, I, well, yes and no. I mean, a lot of the, I mean, just practically, a lot of the same model making skills and that kind of construction knowledge goes into it. But, and I know you guys can appreciate this, it's also the difference between, but it's also the difference between writing a song for a show that will be produced and writing a song that only you'll sing. The difference right. being there's no one else involved. And so it is, I mean, practically it's, I mean, functionally it's a little the same, but again, like the difference between designing someone else's living room and designing your own living room. It's like, I'm in, it's, it's a little different because it's not for anything, first of all, or nothing formal. And you get to be, uh, and as you can investigate, I mean, as you can probably uh, feel around with many people and their little hobbies and things, it's like a kind of a time for you to be alone and, be in your own little world and it's very uh you know meditative as many people have pointed out i mean a different uh interest like that yeah i mean it's it's what kills me and and i mean kill in a really good way um <laughs> is the lighting okay well hello as everyone as all set designers know it's really all about the lighting right and so certainly even in, in this form um it's just no. I it, it adds that little magical touch, and it adds that realism, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, this is what I was, I was going to say before. I also think um, the this grew out as a kid, but I think everyone has this at some level. I mean, I think miniature things in general are like just one of nature's. I mean, one of like a basic human pleasure. And for instance, for years and years, I've discovered. I mean, I've seen with my own eyes. You know, you show the cast drawings and you show the plans, but then as soon as you bring out the model, everyone's like, ooh, ah, because yeah. everyone, it's just one of those things all people can look into this little Alice in Wonderland type world, no matter the style, and just get excited because there's something just so satisfying about like being a giant and it's small. And I also think probably the reverse is true. Like that's why we love big oversized 
like novelty items for some, you know, for whatever reason, they're a part of a sculpture or something. So it works both ways. But again, in the Alice in Wonderland, you know, things that are small and things that are big, we just, that's just so much fun. That's how I feel when I look inside of a bag of Hershey miniatures. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's you know, look, look, whatever lights your fire. um so do you uh do you have to do all the wiring and everything for all these lights well yeah i mean that's that's one of the things that i've kind of figured i mean just figured out during quarantine and i had like like that's what i was saying before i just never had time to do something like this so i had like some books on the shelf that i always just looked at the pictures um and that was definitely and the thing is now as a beginner uh miniaturist or whatever i you know I, i get I feel all kinds of questions from other people who are where I was a year ago. And they're like, how do you do this? How do you do that? And for sure, for me, for other people, like the wiring is, of course, like seems like the most overwhelming thing. But, you know, there's, there's easy ways to do it. And then if you do a little investigating, there's people who are nuts about it. I mean, who are real geniuses and are lighting all different kinds of things, et cetera, et cetera. So like everything, you can you can take it to the level that you can kind of figure out. I feel like this interview is going to be about the micro and about the macro. Okay. Well, that's, that's where I live. And I just all of a sudden went from, now we follow you, but probably not nearly as close tailgating as we should. But I do know no, of no, things no. outside of our Virginia, DC, Maryland uh, zip codes. Oh yeah. And, and, and one of the things I think that you may have done macro is you wrapping your head around sort of a um, site-specific journey where you maybe journeyed to Georgia and had to like <laughs> do something very macro in a lake? That's right. You're probably talking about Titanic. At least I hope you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, on the other end of um, scale, there's those big outdoor shows and Beauty and the Beast, even though it wasn't site specific, it was a mega big show this 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 summer. But yeah, I mean, look, there's another thing that gets people have have found people are always always interested in is all that those outdoor shows down in Georgia, um, which were uh, some of the scariest work I've done, but has. I mean, as far as artistically, um, but I learned a lot of lessons from that. Same thing with doing designing the nightlife stuff. Both were like are, were uh, very challenging to figure out the right uh, um, 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 what do you call it? the right ingredients. But having gone through all that, now I can like apply all the, those same lessons to like indoor work and other shows. Nightlife work. Yeah, well, one of some well, probably back when I knew you guys, um, and when I was doing Tick Tick Boom, I'm essentially some of the first years after I graduated school, I ended up doing a lot of um, uh, what do you call it, event design or what they call it, uh, like the decor design for a lot of big nightlife events, um. And back, you know, back in the day when people would really spring for stuff like that. <laughs> Oh, that's so cool! I did not know that. Yeah, but do you ever did you ever go to Roseland Ballroom or anything like that? You know what that is? You know, we're like ancients, and I love it. We go to the 
to the doctor. I did. No, I did see Taylor (laughs) Dane at Tracks. That was in the nineties. Yeah, Um, Tracks. We saw Loretta Lynn at Nine Thirty Club. Love that. This is this is not what he's talking about. I think I went to the Eagle once. Oh, there we go. Okay, now now you're getting closer. Well, look, (laughs) they're getting warmer. Is this red light, green light? (laughs) Um, no, I designed a, uh, a bunch of big dance music, you know, events. Uh, when I was first out of school and oh but as far as lessons learned actually this is around the spider woman time specifically because this is oh my god let me back up this is so random okay I did spider woman at signature with you guys and that that was a big deal in my life at the time and still is um the great show I wish someone would do it again um and then I oh I got a call to I got a call from a producer to come meet him about doing some big build out like installation nightlife decor thing project, and I and you know you always want to know like how did you find me? And he's like well I was sitting here with a bunch of playbills on the coffee table and I opened up the top one and it said Adam Coke Spider Kids of the Spider Woman and what we want is like an old Argentinian like disco hall theme. And I was like, oh, my Lord, because that's kind of anyway. So that one of those events I did in there was like essentially, you know, like abstracted Kiss the Spider Woman kind of themed. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, oh, but sorry. But where the lesson comes in, for instance, I so we were I was doing that big design and, it's, and it was all these big scaffolding structures, as you may imagine, kind of like a uh, again, again, an Argentinian, like an old uh decaying uh follies version of an argentinian disco hall dance hall um so all the scaffolding and structure and i thought i was just i thought i knew everything and so i was like oh we're gonna paint it all gloss black and it's gonna be so sexy and blah blah blah, and the patrons will love it and of course the night of the event came and they turned on the lights and turned on the music and turned off the work lights and the entire set disappeared because in the darkness of the event space, the dark set just completely disappeared. And, and the producer was like, where is the set? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's too dark. And that's when I learned that if scenery, if scenery wants to be seen on purpose, it either has to have lighting on it or it has to illuminate from within itself. And ever since then, randomly, if you go through, uh, and if you scroll through images of my work, leading up to and then after that there's like a big change because everything starts being colorful and lighting up and being visible because you know producers want to see where their money's going absolutely um the the set for spider woman uh it was basically like and this is going to sound insulting but it was two giant hamster cages on either side of the stage (laughs) um connected by a kind of a pathway that led to a stairway and there were hydraulic prison bed cells. Oh, that that's right. Up. Yep, yep, there, yep. there was a, the cell was indicated with light that shone up and down um, that kind of created shafts of light in haze. Like, like jail bars. Yeah. 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 Um, that was an insane set. Well, no, it was, it was, and I, as I remember correctly, it was essentially like three stories of jail cells packed into two stories of theater. And yeah. so it was all just, it just felt like a, you know, as we all come across, you know, you do the same kind, different or same shows in the same space, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, let's just, how do you um, do something new? And certainly over the years, people have done all kinds of crazy things in that space that it's so fun to see it totally transformed. What's so funny about, um, 
you as an actor you you live on that thing for you know some period of time and so it becomes another person in the play you know Mm -hmm. it's another character and each set no matter who does it is always takes on a different kind of feel um a very much a live feel one would hope the the good ones yeah 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 totally um and that one, I think, got the nickname the cheese grater. Oh, <laughs> because inevitably. Oh dear. I think we all like. I said this set has tasted blood and it wants more. <laughs> it was very like metal, and you know we have you have a whole bunch of actors throwing themselves against bars, you know, desperately <laughs> screaming. Things are gonna happen. Um, well, but, I remember yeah. I, when I was. When I was a young man, I, I mean, I was a big fan and still am, of course, of Eugene Lee, the set designer. And I always remember reading books about him and even meeting him a little bit. And he's always like, just use the real wood, use the real metal, rusted metal, rusted wood. And so I think I was I was into uh, the raw materials back then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was incredible, though. It was a uh, people still talk about that set. Um, Actually, you're making me remember what my favorite like even though this is not visually related, there's always like these, sometimes there are these little surprises within the production as a whole that makes it so unique, literally to that production, to that team, to that theater, to that cast. And just with that set, what turned out to be, is it be, turned out to be this big, bizarre um, percussion instrument. And I remember all this like rattling against the cages and hitting things on the bars and so, it had a kind of sound of its own. And when running around, it's all kind of jog- I mean, not jiggling because it's loose, but just the sound of all that metal kind of crashing around and people on it was, I mean, it did sound like a cheese grater. Um, yeah. And there, and also, and there just, also was that amazing spiral staircase that I had to slither up yeah to kiss kiss the death of diaz and there was the levitating platform that i got killed on oh yeah okay Um, (laughs) yeah that was i mean it was the the set had a lot of tricks and surprises there were those very low underpass areas kind of beneath the deck that you kind of had to duck your head and come out of but when you do have when you do have a set like that it does really help to transform the the, the actors, the audience, I mean, it's formed because. Well, of- I do think um, this is actually r- reminding me of the Tuacon uh, production of Beauty and the Beast this summer as well. You know, the uh, and, and every show is different. So there's no way to talk generally about anything like this. But generally, I think it's so much fun. It's like those little, those areas that kind of went under the stage you're talking about, Stephen. It's like, I love that kind of thing because not because not only how it looked of course but then you could like come out and like, put your arm up on it and i always just love seeing the cast kind of like get uh, uh work their way into the set and find different ways to lean on it and sit on it and all these different you know pictures you can make with bodies all over something um and that's why when and no one's ever really done this but when someone's like oh i need a clear stage i was like you're crazy i was like there's nothing to do I mean, there's no way like it doesn't make bodies do anything other than just stand there um so i think when you know in the right amounts at the right times you kind of give you know you want to fill the stage and also that makes a you know a medium or small cast feel much bigger um and it gives you know there's places to put them and anyway i just love interesting topographies of course yeah and kind of creating areas where you feel like certain characters are anchored to where they're you know where they do their quiet living um it's 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 always interesting to see as an audience 
like, oh, okay, that seems to be that person's home base. Wonder why that was chosen. That's probably for a reason. Then you spend time trying to figure, you know, maybe that's just me. You spend, I spend time trying to figure it out. I'm like, oh, there's a connection to this staircase because this, I don't know. Um, but that's, you know, also really some of the best directing that kind of really blends the set, the light, the blocking, the, the performers all together in this wonderful purposed kind of package, you know? Totally. And also the, the kind of time it takes to move into the set emotionally, I mean, I mean, like physically, uh, that is also, that's a testament to theaters of being, who put money towards spacing time and tech time, which seems so basic. But if you're doing some summer stock, quickie, quickie thing, there's no time to get to know it like that so that you can't. So even the best director doesn't really have time to like figure out all the little nooks and crannies and what, how to make things interesting. Um, I mean, you know, in, interesting in front to back uh, through the whole show. Um, so I really, no, I'm glad we had time to kind of figure it all out. Or if you have like a super luxurious amount of time, even like viewpoints, doing viewpoints of like architecture and like, you know, really physically exploring space, um, all those kind of uh, directing kind of exercises of, you know, of rhythm, tempo, terrain, uh, all that kind of just helps you get to know the set. Um, you have to spend time living in the space. I always used to like to come before the house was open kind of, whether it was any show I've ever been in, um, uh, just spending time in the space on the set, kind of connecting to it and kind of just re-reminding myself of the the terrain and the you know the places the power places the the weakness places you know adam have you ever done a show where the 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 model looked great the producers loved the model we thought the model was it it's going to be fantastic look at this model all the measurements work do you ever get into a space and you're like oh shit we forgot about the fire exit alarm system that now takes off three feet of this door now this door won't work or is there ever like little things like that that happen in this space where you're like okay we have to paint the we have to paint that side yellow because no one can see it um or is the is the miniature model always already well in its way of like yep this is this is the plan look this is this is i can pretty much guarantee you the answer to your question is based on how rushed the production is nowadays i mean the kinds of shows and the kind of projects and theaters that call me are usually they're the they're the good boys and good girls who have, plan ahead and so usually through months and months of discussions looking at drawings and going back and forth and budgeting and rebudgeting working it through stage management and technical and this and that you know as all the different layers get their hands on it usually all that stuff comes up and if and if and it's usually in those you know, months of planning that things like that would be, oh, we, we discovered that we'll have to paint something that we didn't think was going to be seen because something gets adjusted. I mean, honestly, very rarely are you in the theater. I mean, if something, if you're discovering, like, if there's a whoopsie like that when you're on stage, something really bad happened. Right. Um, I mean, something, you know, that's that's a, probably oversight. You know, look, every once in a while, there's a, a, a uh, every once in a while, there's something that escapes everyone, I guess. But that's just, there's just, you know, with bigger and bigger productions, there's just so many eyes on this thing, and especially the scenery, which is such a big department, whether it's a big set or a small set, there's just lots of people involved. 
Um, and if everyone's good and wants to do their job, they're probably catching all that kind of things. Now, look, like we we're talking about with Spider-Woman, there's lots of like artistic discoveries that are made that are like, oh, I didn't, you know, usually to answer your real question, it's usually a good, the good version of what you're saying, which is like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think those two things would line up like that. But now it looks like one big slant or whatever it is. Like, I think there's a lot of like nice discoveries as well. And then where, do, where does your job end? Uh, are you also the vision for what the props look like on your set? Wait, wait, ask me that again in two seconds. But I do want to tell you this one time I was working on a big show at a big regional theater with a big star and I'm not going to name where it was because it's not important. But essentially they had been looking at the rehearsal model all this time and in the, the leading lady female star was very enamored with the set. She loved looking at the model and blah, blah, blah. And then we got on stage and she just happened to pull my, she like, you know, yanked my sleeve a little bit. She's like, Adam, I thought the set was going to be all white, like the model. I was like, oh my gosh. Like here, the leading lady thought we were doing like this, like uber contemporary, all white production, but it was just like a white model. And another life lesson ever since then, I've always done color models because it's like someone might not know that this is like a suggestion of what the set will look like. And so now, of course, one of the big pleasures is, you know, giving a big color model to the cast. But um, that was one thing that was kind of a surprise, not quite what you were talking about, but one of those like aha moments where I was like, oops. Mm -hmm. um, wait, what'd you say about the props? <clears throat> so did, where does your line end? Uh, are you, uh, do you also have a say about how the props look on the set? <clears throat> uh, absolutely. I mean, ultimately, unless there's a company or a theater where they really is like a, a real props designer as like a fifth member of the creative team, but that's very rare, except like on a big, big, big show that's got lots of magic and stuff, but usually, you know, props fall under the set design. Um, uh, I, uh, now just like personally, I love prop. I, mean, I, I always kind of divide those things into like major props and kind of minor props. Cause you know, there's like a newspaper or a compact or a book. It's like, okay, someone can look at the script and think of, use their imagination and get, picture what those are going to be and so i'm i sometimes i'm like just personally less interested in hand props because those are usually like they are what they are but then there's the major props like chip's tea card and this big beautiful sofa and all the books and you know the, the things that are kind of involved with the set and like i call them major props but um those you'll probably be like more just have to be more involved with because they're probably have more to do with the, the story and the design overall and then there's like lots of other things that you know kind of come together in different ways and and what is okay so that's that's your relationship with like a props designer or a you know they have to kind of get into your world look at your kind of you know mood board or whatever you yeah do. all that stuff um and so but your your relationship with a director clearly there's preemptive meetings stuff like that but your relationship i would think with the lighting designer is the most key and like you, you I'm, I'm assuming you must spend, and I'm honestly asking this out of total, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, I would assume you and a lighting designer. Is, it, is this macro, micro for dummies? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I'm assuming that you would have a different working, like a closer, tighter relationship with the lighting designer. Oh, 100%. Look, at every, anyone can look at any, you know production that's been done in the last 10 years and see that the lighting and the scenery is so hand in hand. Sometimes it's completely inseparable, especially when you get into video and projection. It's like literally the lighting is the set. 
And so as those all those technologies get closer and closer together, of course, those both that those areas, scenery and lighting, so to speak, have to be very hand-in-hand uh, hand, uh, technically, because a lot of times, like, the set, I mean, the light bulbs are a part of the set, but they're also lighting, et cetera. And also, of course, hand-in-hand hand artistically, because uh, it, lighting is is such a is the lens through which you see the whole set. For instance, like at the club I mentioned, if you just turn all the lights off, the set will be in darkness and you won't know anything is there. So there has to be has to be one step above that and hopefully not only reveal the set and the actors, but actually have a lot to say and, you know, and and also be, you know, be stunning and gorgeous and subtle and all these things at the same time. Um and I don't know if you know if you guys feel like this, but like like in a way after a 10 months of working on a show. I mean, although it is my passion, I'm also like sick of the set because I've been talking about it for 10 months. So when the other departments arrive, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love what you're doing. Oh my gosh, the costumes are gorgeous because I had a feeling what they might look like, but I, you know, you were not working on those departments. And so when the lights turn on, um, you know, nine times out of 10, I'm just excited because <clears> a, <throat> we're working with professionals and they're going to make it look great no matter what. Right. And, so, and sometimes it's like so good. You can't, you know, it's beyond what you imagined. And that's when you get to like go over and hug the lighting designer. I'm like you are killing it. <laughs> In and a good also, way. It's like it, tech brings a set of new toys. Totally. It's Christmas morning. Exactly. No, I, exactly. It feels like Christmas seeing the other part, the other, other departments. And much like being like writers, like we are the, the to see just the world start to actually manifest itself from just like a basic set, you know, taped out areas. I mean, this we're blessed with the fact of, of being in a field in which we dream something up and then quite literally in front of our eyes, see it created, you know, and yeah. and then when it's fully there and you're at that first preview and you're like, oh, my God. We made a world, you know? Or when you turn on the little light in that little bedroom. In the tiny dollhouse, yeah. In the tiny dollhouse. <laughs> it's so magical. Um, no, everything you're saying is right. And the fun, I, I was thinking about this recently because as things are starting to opening up, thank goodness, and shows are coming back and companies are getting back into the swing of it. It's been fun to see like what... Uh, it's fun to see what shows are rolling in or what you get asked to do because what you're saying, Stephen, like it's just, it's, it can be so different every time. And so just in that moment when you're feeling like, Oh yeah, every show is the same. All my work's the same. Then it's like, okay, well let's just do something. Let's do something completely different. Like, and have them upside down or whatever it is. But you know, it's, it's such a, we're so lucky that we get to dive into all different kinds of worlds and histories and this and that. It's always so different. Did you have any interesting things happen during the, <clears throat> the pandemic where they were like, okay, Adam, we're going to film this. Uh, <clears throat> it's going to be in Zoom. Is there any way that you can think about how many ways we can turn umbrellas into backdrops? <laughs> um, you know, I didn't, I didn't get into any Zoom design. There was a moment there, and maybe you felt the same way in your own world, where I was like, this is going to be my life. Like, theater is over. Like, I'm just going to be, do I'm a Zoom designer from like the next 60 years. But luckily, things didn't stay that bad. Um, no, I didn't. I, look, I, I watched plenty of friends' readings and this and that. So I saw it was fun to see how people kind of got creative with that, too. I was actually, during the pandemic, trying to think of how I could open my own marijuana a cafe called Pot Pies. <laughs> how and far along did that business plan get? 
Well, I got a few ideas for the the flavors of the pot pies, but that's about as far as I got. Um, but feel free if anyone's listening to steal the idea. But I did think of it first. <laughs> Copyright. Uh, could I could I get the uh, the French pot pie? You own fifty one percent of this company. The Amsterdam <laughs> pot pie. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Adam, what's 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 coming up next? What's what's going? What's in your pocket, or what can you talk about that's in your pocket that you want to announce to the world? Well, let me think. The good thing is, is like I mentioned, things are opening up, and I don't. Again, I don't know if you feel like this, but you know, there was a while where it certainly wasn't. I mean, all theater stuff was on hold. I mean, for or maybe indefinitely, but it was everything was on hold, and then as things started looking better. I was like, you know, what's going to happen is like, as you know, before all this, as a freelancer, you know, you, the, essentially one of the only reasons you say yes to things is because the interlocks with other things you're doing that are already in on the calendar. And so essentially more or less, you have like kind of a, a number of shows in order all with room for each other as the year goes on. So it's all organized. And of course now what I've been afraid of is happening and like everyone's calling at the same time because essentially everyone got the green light more or less in different ways and different, you know, agreements to do something. And so now every, all, everything's starting up again. Um, and I'm really happy for that because, uh, you know, I think of the creative team and the cast who have all been waiting with bated breath, like whether this, you know, these shows would begin again. So I, I don't know if I'm not going to, I can't mention, I can't talk about any of them really, but, but I'll, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be posting, but look, but some projects that were essentially put on hold and I didn't know if they would happen or not are definitely moving ahead. And um, so as you move into back into uh, a new reality and are working more. A new world. Exactly. Um, <laughs> are, what will become of dollhouse therapy? Well, it's a great question. Um, uh, I mean, something I can say is I'm a, a company reached out and I am have been working on some um, turning some of the things I've designed into kits that other people can buy, including yourself. Wow. Um, and so sometime in the coming years, there may be, you know, a, a number of um, kit versions of the things that you can buy for yourself. That's amazing, Adam. Well, look, that's, you know, it's, you know, that it's like, you know, I do what you love and blah, blah, blah. It really is true. So that's just, I've always loved doing that stuff. And when I had time, I tried to do it and now it's all paying off. That's, that's, wow. I'm really, really excited for you about that. That's incredible. Um, and also I would never be able to put it together. So I just have to pay you after I bought the kit. To come over and put it together. No, what we're going to do is we're going to do a tutorial. <laughs> because we tried to put together a grill last three days. It and, we got, and we got divorced. And I was like, where, <laughs> where is the cute homosexual just telling us how to put this together? Yeah, we couldn't find him on YouTube. Oh, anyway. my gosh. No, there's, there's a how-to for everything on YouTube. That's how I know how to do anything. That's not the case for this grill, this particular model. Oh, dear. So, I don't know. I, I, I just know that uh, there is an audience for the dollhouse therapy. You have quite the following and that's got to feel like weird and exciting. No, it's, it's, it's completely exciting. You know, just like, oh my gosh, another show we worked on together, I think, is the, um, 
what's the oh my gosh i'm blanking the musical where it's like i'd rather be you know nine one person's favorite thing than 10 people's least favorite thing or medium favorite thing what's that title of show title of show thank you oh my god forgive me yes title of my cabaret <laughs> title of show uh that's that feeling of it's mostly it's uh, whether there were a lot of followers or not it's just fun to see people who felt like just like I did, like, oh my gosh, you know, I've always loved doing this and I'm using the pandemic to experiment. It's like, amen, that's what I'm doing too. We're all locked inside. So it was a good, you know, I think I think it really was therapeutic for a number of people. Well, and I think that, you know, I, I hopefully there's traction with this kit idea because that could be your way to continue to work on that. You know, it almost is your, like, other uh like creative outlet your other you know quite literally therapy for sure well i I mean it truly is i mean just when you want to you know get your hands dirty and put on some music and do something it definitely it'll it'll always be that and um and then as it turns out you know all the people that i have was not they weren't my formal mentors but all the people i look up to in my own life they always had like some they you know they have multiple interests so i just think that's something else the pandemic has taught me it's like it's okay to like different things and yeah. and be interested and have different aspects of your life you know one of the myths that we may have taught taught ourselves too much there's an ounce of truth to it but not fully where it, you know certainly part of success is uh uh focus in one particular area for an extended amount of time There's you know if you're if your attention's all over the place then there's it's very hard to get a project or a career off the ground, but it's like, once you're up in the air and kind of sailing, it's like, why not like, you know, take the pressure off a little bit and like, you know, fill your life with other things. So yeah. it, it doesn't have to be so one-sided. And of course, as, as you know, with freelancing, with theater, where it's like, you are your own business, like you could potentially work 24 hour, 24 seven, and there's still be more to do because there's no, your job is never done it has to get the next show and the next project and the next thing so it's like it's not like oh i've done all the paperwork for my job so now i can do something else so i definitely knew for me if i don't make time i mean if i don't feel the importance and don't make time it'll never happen because we don't have off time as freelancers really right and when during the pandemic what um what sort of um things did you take on a lot of people took on like different things to learn like i'm taking italian i'm going to learn how to bake bread was yours the dollhouse therapy probably i mean that was you know just just like a set there are so many uh components to a miniature house staying the wood and the the electricity this and that shingle so it's like they're all they're all kind of like uh different skills i kind of learned it as a part of that larger skill so it was interesting i never i mean i always just like in set design, you're always so near someone making something. But sometimes I'm in the scene shop with a set. I'm like, I want to make something. Like it's fun right. to like, it's fun to walk around and look at all of it. But it's like, I want, I want to sculpt that. But of right. course, you, you know, that's there's just no time, and it's not really your job. And so this kind of gave me the outlet for my crafty hands. Um, did you, did you binge watch uh, anything during the pandemic? That was like, oh, I would have never have watched this, but I have time now to watch this. Okay, great question. Okay, now we're getting into the good stuff. Um, well, for sure. Look, I, I, the the binge watching was like a time capsule of the whole thing. So remember, everyone at the beginning was all Tiger King, and then the medium, the middle part of it was something else. Blah blah. blah. So definitely, the ones that kind of came along at the t- at the moment. But I also took the time to specifically watch and 
Lord strike me if this is embarrassing or not, but I had never actually seen like front to back all the original Star Wars films. And I always knew that I'm like, I'd probably like be completely in love with it. Well, another area of my life I'm interested in, but of course I watched it. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm a completely Star Wars person. I love all that. You know, it's very mytho um, mythological and there's all kinds of themes and anyway, it's and they're great movies. And so I watched all of those. I think I watched all the Lord of the Rings again. Um, again, that's something I was really into at the time. And I went back to appreciate all the, you know, technical wizardry, so to speak. And then, I don't know if you like this, but I, I, I watch Veep on repeat all the time, the whole thing. Um, so I definitely redid that one. I, funny enough that you say that, Veep is one of, uh, I, I got Veep and I'm intending to watch it. I have not yet. <sighs> oh. Um, but I know I'm going to love it. I mean, politics is the sports of this area. Of so, course. Um, I, but this as, but you, the reason, I mean, you'll like it for many reasons because it's just legitimately funny and uh, what's her face is fantastic. But it's, as you'll discover, it's essentially just like backstage at a regional theater that also is our government in a way. And so it's all, you know, all the personalities. It's like not, it, it is very political, but not, but politics isn't like, what it's about as opposed right. to like game of what was that house of cards was very like political um but this it's like you know that's just like in the literally in the background of all, everything that's going on it's it's a riot i watched um all of the office which i embarrassingly <gasps> had never watched oh it's a great one i i went all the way through and uh am obsessed in love with that show um so the star wars just a, fi a fun side note. Uh, I love the magical era of time between when filming wrapped on Star Wars A New Hope, the first one, and premiere. Because literally none of them thought it was going to be a hit. They thought it was the biggest piece of crap. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the first uh, Stormtroopers outfits were made from like milk cartons. And so there was a lot of like doubt there's famously you can look up i don't know if it's, i can't remember if it's harrison ford or mark hamill like on some tv show being interviewed like i don't know don't go see it you know it, it's it, you know god they were probably like killed by their press agent um but it's interesting that uh you had never seen those i mean can i venture to guess is it was just like I have the same thing where I've never read or seen a Harry Potter because I'm like everyone else is doing it. Oh, for sure. No, I, that's a big part of the the weakest part of my personality, which is like, oh my gosh, this is so popular. I'll just like wait to see it. And I've done that do. with, I've done that with musicals and TV shows and movies and everything. But and then, okay, great example happening right now. And then of course, um, months or years later, I'll finally do it. I'm like, oh my gosh, do you know about this? Right. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying to tell you about that three years ago. I do. I did that all the time. I did that with Arrested Development. I've now done it with The Office, and I'm like, "Hey guys, there's this really cool thing from 2013." Right. I just saw Hamilton on Disney. It's so awesome. Anybody heard of it? That's happening. That's happening right now with me with The Crown. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is happening!" And that's happening. It was like, yeah, that happened four years ago. Where are you at in The Crown? Um, season two or three. Really, have just they, have they changed the cast? No. No, I'm, I'm not to like the time shift yet or whatever. No. Yeah, they haven't changed the cash yet. You know what? I did the exact same thing. I was just kind of like, okay, let's see what the big shit is about this crown. Who cares about that? 
And of uh, course, I immediately I watched it. I was like, oh my God, did that really happen? I know. <laughs> well, and then course, the second second show. Oh my God, did that really happen? Google, Google, Google. Um, no, I, tr- I really um I'm always looking at like old books of like old palaces and floor plans and different historical architecture, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, oh, you'll love the crown. I'm like, no, no. And then, of course, I'm watching it like, oh, my God. I love it. Um, so, so Adam, uh, Matthew, uh, this is our wrap-up question of the evening. Matthew is producing our uh, colleague's holiday recording. It's called I Wish It So. By Susan Derry. Susan Derry, yes. Legendary. Um, and she, uh, it's got us thinking a lot about wishes and, like, the... Uh, what a wish really means kind of almost as a manifestation. So we have been working. We also had one of our guests uh, It was on this season um, is an artist in Arlington. She has a studio called Studio Pause, P-A-U-S-E, um, where it's all about getting people to get in an art studio and get their hands dirty. Even well, if that's they, cool. Even if they don't know how to do art, it's just tactile. And um, so we are going to work with her. I've created this wish box um, and it's, it's gone through several phases. The first box I made kind of looked like uh, el- it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It was like elementary school level art. Now it's maybe pre-K. All right. Hush. And then the, ne- <laughs> the second iteration is better. It, it's more industrial um, and I even in- incorporated some lighting right. yep. to it. Yep. Oh. Uh, it might be recommended. Yep. Uh, but anyway, we've been asking all of our guests since we started this show, if you had one wish for yourself, your family, the country, the world, first thing that pops to mind, what would it be? Okay. Um, I'm, uh, I have lots of, uh, I guess, simple wishes for the country and the world. I mean, uh, anyway, we've, we've got a lot of things on the coming up i mean we have a lot of issues but my hope is we can get through them and get through them together and find the common understanding and i was going to say i wish not i wish but it's like you always people always say oh some big event will bring us all together and so something like you'd think the pandemic would have like united us all but kind of tore us even further apart so i don't think that really works anyway so i hope we uh, we hope we come together nationally for sure uh much Closer to home, though, I want to go on a vacation with my mom, who I had, you know, we've all been separated this past year. And, you know, where I was, my professional and personal wishes are always like, I want to do a cool show in a place I've never worked before. And I want my mom to be able to come see it and then we go on vacation. Um, so that's always like my my wish for the immediate future. Awesome. I, I have not seen my mom in 18 months and that's the longest I, I call my mom every night so totally. like i i can't wait to see her again um so adam this has been a delight and a pleasure i thank you for i'm so glad it worked out i know i'm so i'm so glad i put my entered my information where it said enter information and it worked would you know <laughs> i always just say don't put your email because i think they try to like capture email for spammy shit and I, I don't need your email that that's the app um but your name i do you do have to put in because yeah it's it's lets me know that it's you and not a bot from russia well now i know and i'm happy to do it again in the future 
Absolutely. Let us know if you need a jingle for the um Oh the, yeah. A YouTube channel that's like Dollhouse Therapy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Hopefully. god. Be better than that. So oh. I no, I'm just spitballing. I'm I'm just you know collaborating. No, you you're in the you're you're on the right track. I, yeah, I, I can I can hear it now. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Adam. We love you. We love your genius. Yes, thank you guys. It was great to talk to you. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy Ohio. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay. Bye. Uh, fantastic to catch up with Adam. Thank you for joining us. Um, and we're super excited to hear about what happens with these kits. Um, He's such a talented, nice guy. Yeah, incredibly He's, so. Yeah, amazing. Um, and I think he might have just like found his new career with these kits. If you can buy them you mean somewhere. another career. Well, just a, a comma. Yeah, always commas. Always add commas. Um, thank you, Adam. And... This is, uh, can you believe it, Matthew, next weekend will be the final weekend of the Connor and Smith Show season one. Oh my gosh. It's only been like almost a hundred episodes. <laughs> Has it? It's been a lot, yes. What's season two about? Well, we'll, we'll get into that. I don't want to, you know, get into it yet, but it's going to take a definite turn, of course. I would like two. to explore possibly... The history of languages. Okay, well... Pig Latin. I'm not sure if we were going that direction, but uh, we can maybe think about it. Um, we are going to take... Uh, next weekend will be our final uh, round. As I said, we're going to take just a little bit of time off, you know, the month of August, whatever, and be back with you guys September. Um, and... Yeah, so if you want to know more about us, please visit our website, www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook under Connor and Smith. Um, please subscribe, rate, and review to this podcast. It helps us tremendously. Um, and as we always say, turn your heart into art. Bye, everybody. See ya.